Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Hello and good morning, Bethel Atlanta. Welcome to another uh, unusual and slightly different uh, service. Uh, I'm Blake Healy. I'm Dan Weber. And, uh, you know, we had to uh, cancel the last two weeks of Bethel Atlanta. We had a couple of cases of COVID pop up. And so I wanted to take advantage of that a little bit and have kind of a you know, fun little different kind of thing. Like we did a few few months ago with Jen and Justin, we were able to have kind of more of a discussion time. And uh, me and Dan were the ones who, who jumped on the opportunity. Not quite your Jen and Justin, but we'll, we'll see how we measure up. <laughs> not, uh, our net uh, uh, prettiness is definitely lower, I think. Definitely lower. Definitely, definitely lower but we're, we're, I, I put on my nice sweater, so, you know. We're, we're trying. We're, we're trying. trying. Awesome. Yeah, you know, so because of the discussion format, I, I thought there was something that, you know, kind of in this, in this format, in this form factor, is something that's a little bit easier to probably talk about, kind of chit-chat about, was... Something that's kind of been on my mind this this uh, past year. Um, you know, it's 2021 now, and 2020 was a very uh, interesting year in about a, a dozen different ways. Um, and kind of one of the subjects that that popped up in my mind is this idea of, I guess the best way to kind of put it is like this idea of of differentiating beliefs and and ideas in a church environment. Now. Yeah. Yeah, so I just to kind of give you a little bit of a framework of at least my lens for this. I know I, in my kind of church history, I've had a wide variety of different sorts of experiences. And I want to be clear, this isn't just a political thing. It really is an idea thing. But the, the political example is an easy one sure. where um, I've, I've grown up in churches where the pastor every four years would say, you know, who, this is who I feel like is the right person to vote for is is you know, the, the godly person to vote for. Dan shaking his head at me. Still surprises me. <laughs> yes, yes. I've, and I've had places, I've been at places where it was very much the opposite uh, view where it's um, this, uh, almost like this, the Church of Switzerland kind of thing. It's like neutrality. We don't talk about that. We avoid that, you know, type, type uh, perspective. And, you know, in this recent year, I've kind of gotten a lot of questions uh, on a lot of different subjects from people of, why aren't you talking about this? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And kind of wanted to give a little bit of a cultural uh, perspective on what we what we are doing, what we do value, and kind of some of the reasons why there are certain things we address certain ways and not others. And so, you know, Dan, I don't know if you have any thoughts or yeah, space from there. <clears throat> it's really good. I think it's definitely a topic for the hour. And uh, you know, I think as we've gone along, I know even just kind of the way I'm wired, I'll I'll just. I'll just assume we're all doing what I think we're doing and then be surprised when I hear these different questions and I'm like, oh, oh, but I guess it's helpful if we actually dialogue through what it is I think we're doing in terms of the kind of culture we're building, the kind of environment we have um, that we're intentionally and on purpose creating. But so I guess it'd be helpful to even communicate that even a little bit more with clarity so that people understand like, oh, what, what we are doing is actually on purpose. So. Yeah, I think it's fantastic that we're taking a moment and we have a, a moment like this just to have a little bit of a convo dialogue about it. So totally. Yeah, and so I think, you know, great way to start is is again, there's these are very broad categories and there's always nuance in between that, but you know, the kind of the ones that I listed are, hey, should should a pastor be 
telling people what to choose, what to think, how or should a pastor be focusing on, or rather a leadership team be focusing on teaching people how to think or the values and principles behind those things. And so what's kind of your take or experience just both in uh, Bethel culture in general, but also here? Yeah, I mean, you know, so I've been, a lot of my history is all wrapped up in schools, schools of ministries, teaching in schools, you know, running schools. Um, and probably what I have found, you know, I'll joke around with my kids when we're dialoguing through the way people think and what's normal for their friends to be thinking and stuff. And I'll joke around saying, you know, I, ha I have a job because like literally my job in schools is shifting the culture of a people of they used to be told what to think and now we're empowering how to think. Literally, that's the job. It's like making, helping people make that transition that, oh, I, I can think on my own and, and have my own thoughts and my own ideas, my own opinions, my own dreams, and they don't have to match up with, you know, the consensus or even the leadership or however the viewpoint is, right? But, like, that's literally what we do in a lot of our schools and ministries is, is some of that, just breaking that stuff down to the begin with. Because, um, you know, if we're talking about the big picture, I'm just going to dive in. You ready to just dive in? Let's go. <clears throat> um, if we're talking about the big picture, right, like, uh, uh, Jesus, you know, created a culture and an environment where he empowered people. Um, he didn't tell them what to think. He told them how to think. And, of course, there's always core values. There's always banks. But really, we're talking about creating an environment. And, and that's when we say apostolic environment. You know, if you would have heard our message from last, uh, last time we were together, <laughs> uh, you know, we're talking about we have an apostolic environment. And, and in that kind of an environment, it's a very empowering environment, um, you know, kind of what a traditional pastoral or pastorate model environment, a little bit more hierarchy. Um, a, a typical environment like that is going to have a little, a lot more control, a lot more with, with good intention. Because really, the, you know, when I talk about this, my, my, uh, uh, my caveat is, you know, pastors are doing this or leaders are doing this to really protect our people and so that we're not led astray. Like that's really the heart that's behind, the that's the motivation. Um, but, but what ends up happening, the fruit of it is everyone really begins to just rally around what they agree and they're not empowered on how to think, but they're empowered on what to think so that we all can agree and, and to walk together, so to speak, if we're gonna take that verse technically out of context, but we can get to that <laughs> later. <laughs> so like, you know, that that's that kind of that environment is very traditional church. Mm -hmm. We don't have traditional church like what we're doing a lot of times in schools of ministry um, when their students are first coming into our environment. You know, hungry for signs and wonders and miracles. First thing I like to tell them is, hey, this isn't going to be your normal church. This, if you have the expectations of a normal church environment, you, you'll quickly uh, be let down because this is a, just a different environment. It's a very empowering environment. We want you to be responsible for you, think on your own, and empower you to go after what's in your heart. If Blake, tell me one thing. Yes. You've been married for a while. I have. Do you and your wife agree on absolutely everything? You know, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> is your relationship built around the fact that you agree on everything that you're doing, where you're going, what you're, what's happening. Thankfully not. What's it built around? <laughs> what keeps you together if you don't agree on things? 
Well, it is our our choice to commit ourselves to one another. Oh, our our, there. our commitment to the relationship that we share. To relationship, this is beautiful. I'm glad I teed that up for him. <laughs> <laughs> but like when we're talking about, as we mentioned, you know, a few weeks ago, like every, uh, an apostolic environment is family, it's relationship. What bonds us all together is the connection and the relational connection and the covenant to walk together. Not that we're even walking the same, agreeing on the same things that we're walking on. It's just that we agree to walk together. That's, you get married, I married my wife, we agreed to walk together. We had no idea what we we're gonna be walking into. <laughs> Most people don't. I think that's why we should do it when we're young. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like that, that's, that's, that's what you're agreeing with. That's what the, the covenant piece, the commitment piece, the relational piece, that's what kind of keeps it all together. Because at the end of the day, especially if we begin to promote an empowering envi environment where people are able to think on their own, dream on their own, go after their own things that they feel in their heart the Lord's leading them in, the natural progression is you're going to have a very diverse environment. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going a million different ways because imagine that we're all different a million different ways. Like we actually get to see the diversity and the beauty. I'm kind of going off here. Are you, are you, <laughs> we're fine, we're fine. you set me up. Like we're really seeing the, the beauty of the diversity of the body of Christ when that happens. You know, in Ephesians, it says that we're to, uh, you know, make known to the rulers and principalities of heavenly places, the multifaceted, the uh, 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 wisdom of God. The very nature of that being true, that we actually do that, is that Blake's going to reveal a facet, a side, a, an element of God that I would never. And that will only happen if we have an environment that empowers it and says, Blake, reach for the stars. Go for it. We believe in you. Whatever is in your heart, how you have a relationship with the Lord, and we trust that you have a relationship with the Lord and how the Lord's leading you. Mm -hmm. Like the very nature of having an environment like that is you have such mass diversity, which is beautiful. Now, really, the crux of being able to, to sustain it is going to be our ability to do the relationship, honor, love, uh, uh, peace that. If, if I don't know how to do that really, really well, man, that, that environment will blow up. Totally. Now, one, one of the questions that I imagine can pop into your mind is, well, if, if there's all this you know, freedom or everyone's think not, we're not gathering around what we believe necessarily or, or rather what we, what we agree on, you know, the, well, what about truth? Like there's, there is absolute truth, right? There is an absolutely true thing. And I, I would agree. His name is Jesus. <laughs> And you know, I, I believe that you know, there, there is an absolute truth. It's not this, what, what we're not saying is this wishy-washy, everyone yeah. can just believe whatever they want thing. That's, that's not it. Universalistic type of thing. No, that's not where we're going. <laughs> but what, what the, the way I like to kind of explain this is this is the humility with which we hold the truth. This is, I believe there's an absolute truth. I believe, and again, I believe his name is Jesus. And I believe that there's a, 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 a true way to interpret the Bible and, and, and all of these things. But I also recognize the truth behind one of the scriptures that uh, I actually find to be the most comforting, which is all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which is not always a comforting scripture. <laughs> I find it really comforting because we're all in one group, <laughs> the having sinned and fallen short of the glory of God group. And, and that's two different things. That's sin. We've, we've made choices that have violated our relationship with God, that have been outside the nature of God. But also, we've fallen short of the glory of God. We're, we're not perfect. We don't 
fully understand him. We can't, we cannot yet fully see who, who he is. And to me, that is a beautiful uh, ticket to hold everything that I hold with a, a, a nice big scoop of humility yeah. of, I, be, I believe that I'm right. There are just about any issue going on, I have an opinion on. I have political views. I have uh, scriptures that I believe should be interpreted a certain way. I have lots of opinions and ideas and beliefs. However, for me, I, I always want to hold those equally with, with a good helping of humility of, I could be mistaken. I could have misunderstood. Really I could have misinterpreted. I could have gotten a bad lesson at some point in my history. And, and I know all of us have experienced that in our own life. Even sometimes coming to Bethel, we learn some bad lessons that, that we learned in our past or in our childhood or maybe in old church experiences or, or whatever else. And um, so I, I need to recognize that that is still true. I may have learned a lot and gotten a lot more truth and understand the truth a lot more than I did 10 years ago, but I probably still have a whole lot that I need to learn. And so that that is what makes room for these other ideas, for these other opinions, for the, these things that I may fundamentally disagree with, that I may fundamentally not understand, but I leave room because I want to be humble in the way that I hold what I see as the truth, what I see as, as that, and, and not only be humble to one another, but humble to the Lord. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it, right? Like, when we're, when we're functioning like that, it's, it's really the body as iron sharpens iron, so does one man another. It's really giving room that, oh, we all are on a journey of growing and we absolutely need each other and we need everyone's perspective. I, you know, some of my favorite testimonial stories is when I had a student that, you know, went through several years of a school that I was, you know, a, a leader in, <clears throat> then only to a couple years later be sitting in a conversation and he's leading me and I'm getting revelation by stuff he's talking about. And I'm like, this is it. This is the beauty of, of us shining and doing what we're, we're, we're meant to do as the body. But you really have to carry that humility to even give room for that to be possible. Uh, and then the, the, you have to give room for the, uh, um, the empowering people how to think. And, and it's okay that we're all over the map sometimes. That's actually okay because that's actually how we can grow. Uh, can you imagine if, uh, if, if I was in a place where I just had everyone thinking the way I thought? and made sure that was all that could happen. Like, you're just gonna hit a lid. You're, you just wouldn't grow anymore because we're all fallible. We're not perfect. We're not, my own thoughts aren't right. Uh, I think I wanna talk about one thing you addressed I think is really important. I was in a leader's advance one time and, and this conversation was happening quite a few years ago. And um, one of the questions came up about this theology slash doctrine piece of like, well, can people just believe in anything? And, and Eric Johnson was answering the question. And he was like, oh, he was kind of surprised. He's like, oh, we're, we're not talking about Jesus. We're not saying like you can just believe in anything you want and, and, and it's all okay. It's we're going to be, you know, peaches and cream. No, no, we're saying there is stances that we stand on. We're, Jesus is the one true God and, you know, all those things. Like we're not talking about that as a negotiable. We're talking about the non-essential things that you can have a different eschatology. You can have a different interpretation of X, Y, Z scriptures. You can have a different interpretation of your political stance or, or spiritual stance of the, of the nation or, you know, fill in the blanks. But the, Jesus is the, non is the essential. Like that's a non-negotiable. So just to clarify, when we do say things like, oh, we have an empowering environment where people can believe what they want to believe. 
we're, we're not talking about Jesus. We're talking about the non-essential things that really is, that's the beauty of the, of the body and why we need one another. And I love what Bill's done over the years. Bill Johnson over the years has just brought in leaders and brought in people of different streams and different, uh, uh, you know, eschatology or theology for the purpose of they have something we need. And I want them to pour in and invest in our environment. And we want, through honor, valuing what they carry and who they are, we actually derive the benefit that they, carry, they bring to the body of Christ. We don't agree on everything they say, but he's done that very intentionally over the years. And so, you know, we find it beautiful and kind of normal that this would be an environment. And so I guess it's good that we do talk about it a little bit like, oh, what we're experiencing is normal. It's actually the environment we've created, uh, that, that everyone in our church body has a different thinking on what it is politically, what it is on spiritually, what it is on, you know, fill in the blank. That's, that's kind of on purpose. Absolutely. You know, and so you might look back at this this year and, I, you know, we've, I've, got, I've personally gotten questions of, yeah, I'll try to think of which ones I could uh, say, but um, you know things along the lines of like, oh, why aren't you talking about subject X? Why, why, um, you know, hey, why aren't you making it mandatory that everyone wear masks? Why aren't you making? Why are you even having masks here? You know, all these different conversations, and it's again, it, it generally I've found comes from this mindset that we should be telling people what to do with their lives, with their beliefs, with, with all these things. And I can understand, because again, some of us grew up in a church culture where that was the role of the pastor. I am shepherding you towards the yeah. truth, yeah. you know. Again, kind of how, how we've explained what, what happens there is you are limited by that person's handle on the truth, which by our nature is limited. And, and it also tends to elevate that person ab above everyone else, which is not really, in my view, the way that Jesus did it when he was here. He actually just promoted everyone you know, around him and empowered them shockingly quickly <laughs> often. You know? And so when we're teaching our messages, we're, not try we're, we're pretty much never trying to tell you what to think or what you should do. What we're trying to do is steward a culture. We're, we're trying to steward. Uh, steward the culture of this environment. We're trying to lay down some of the principles, the ideas, the, the cultural statements that create this environment where people get to be empowered and show up. And so, you know, we, we, that, that, what that tends to mean is if there's something that you feel ought to be talked about, it's not necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily think of it in the frame of reference of, well, why isn't the pastor saying what, what I believe or are promoting this? Maybe that's something you should champion. Maybe that's something you should, should put out there. Again, I would suggest you do it humbly and, and do it with the understanding that you have, a, uh, just like all of us, a partial understanding of the truth. But that's part of what we're trying to create as far as an empowering environment is that we're, we're all equipped to be ministers. We're all equipped yeah. to be disciples of Jesus. And so when it comes to the kingdom, you, you have authority to, to carry the messages that God's put on your heart. And you know, just like any of us, that doesn't mean that, that you can't misinterpret, misunderstand, or make a mistake there. But learning how to share those messages is part of what it is to be an empowered disciple of Jesus, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I, th I think what I've been proud of about us uh, uh, over the last even couple of years is 
that we just have been not even extremely intentionally, like it's not like we're in a meeting where we're strategizing what's the messages for these next two months, you know, like that that doesn't happen. <laughs> it's it's beautiful in that we, you know, a Vanessa who's leading in, in the charge in our worship environment and, and us as leaders are leading in speaking and teaching Blake and Jen. And like what, what I love is with almost without intention, what has happened is we've never changed the subject of Jesus. Um, and I, I think it's uh, one, one thing I'm proud about us of is that we are always pointing people to where the solution is. Uh, of we, you know, we can address a left or right conversation, or 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 this or that, or right and wrong conversation, but a, that would never be helpful. That that actually would would hinder what we're meant to do, which is always be pursuing Jesus. And so what I love is while all this has popped up, you know, all these different, you know, thoughts, opinions, desires, needs, questions, we, we're, we are intentionally pointing people back to Jesus and not changing the subject of it's, it's, it's heaven come to earth. It's, uh, you know, Jesus on the throne. He is the king. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not sit on the throne and, and I should let Jesus get on the throne. Like in, in, in a weird non-strategic way, we've We've kept the main thing, the main thing. And I've been so proud of us for doing that. Uh, at, at the same time, while it's not strategic, it is what we want to do. Like that's, that's what we do want to do. So in, in, in a non-strategic way, it is on purpose because we want to point people to Jesus and point people to where to get the solutions. I don't want to give people the solution for them. You know, if we're any part of our environment for any amount of time, you would learn uh, that we're empowered to manage our own, control me, and at a good day I can do that on a very good day. And usually that doesn't work out too well. <laughs> but I can't, I can't control the people. I can't direct or, or tell their people what to do with their life. It never really works out anyway. If you've been a parent for any amount of time, that you, you learn that doesn't work out. <laughs> you know, our best thing is we can equip people to learn how to manage themselves and make their own choices. And, uh, and, and that's what, when we point people back to Jesus, that's where the solution comes from is their relationship with the, with the Lord, where he says, I will guide you with my eye. He's the one that guides people and leads them. You know, all that being said, the whole context of this environment does happen in a family. And so we do have spiritual fathers and mothers and parents and, and friends and, and sons and daughters that we do have that speak into our life. And so that's really, you know, as we started seeing this, you know, like, swing to an apostolic environment, relationally driven, very empowered. Like I started like learning like, oh, what, what kind of keeps us on track, so to speak, like that we don't get weird because the environment we're talking about could get weird really fast, <laughs> which is precisely why we probably didn't go down that road was because there's some tools that are absolutely needed for an environment like this to succeed. And a lot of it is humility, it's honor, it's love, it's trust. It's a relationship. Uh, it's messy. I mean, you go home for Thanksgiving. Most people have a messy experience, right? <laughs> like, it's usually not all like everything's perfect and dandy. And if it is, maybe, maybe everyone's not showing up. We'll see. But <laughs> like, if everyone shows up fully, which you know your family, you are known, you know them. Usually, it's very raw and can be messy, which is family. It's not that everybody's thinking the same thing that keeps them together. It's that they have a they're family, they're connected, they're covenant, they're uh, uh, committed, they're relational. And so an environment that we're talking about that sustains the empowerment we're talking about, 
would have to be one of humility and love and honor and, and commitment and trust. And, and, and if I have a spiritual fathers and mothers and people pouring into my life going, hey, you might want to keep an eye on those two roads and, and make sure that feels good. You know, I'm like, oh, that's helpful. I wouldn't see that, you know. We don't have eyes in the back of our head. I need someone to help me see from the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't see it. Um, I, I, tell, I tell a funny story. Okay, I tell a funny story. You tell a funny story. Like, I used to cut my hair myself, right? <laughs> like, I had uh, uh, trimmers, you know, and, and uh, I just do a little buzz cut, you know, like a no guard or something or, or one or zero or something, just because it was easier for a time. And, uh, and I remember I cut my hair, and I'm like, man, I'm dialed. I'm like, look sharp, you know, cutting up my little ears, cutting this, you know, y'all. Man, I'm just looking tight. And then Quinn would come in, my wife, right? She'd come in and be like, man, you missed a big old patch right there. And I'd be like, man, I look like I got mange. <laughs> I'm like, if I don't have people helping me see what I can't see, maybe we'd be walking around with mange thinking we are dialed. <laughs> like, we got this thing figured out. Yeah. But the value of, oh, no, I actually need people to help me see my blind spots. That's the part of family. That's relationship. That's I needed a dad growing up to see, show me things, you know, that I couldn't see. I just didn't have the history or the experience to see that he could see. Like this is this is the nature of the environment we're creating. Which there's a lot of requirements for for an empowering environment that we're describing to work. Which is what I love is what we've heard the Lord on with. You've heard about Lindy's dream, Lauren's dreams just the mandate for leadership, what we've been going after with just developing the leaders in our environment to begin to create a culture that is more vulnerable, transparent. That's all on purpose. And when we see that, I'm like, this is the solution to this questions that have been being asked. Like, why are we this or why are we that or where do we stand here? Well, if we do this really well, it won't matter. It won't matter because we love each other and, and are actually part of each other's life and are empowering everyone to have this thought or that thought. That's the beauty. But we'll have to do this really well. Humility, humility love, honor, connection, covenant, trust. And that's scary, man. Oh, it is. <laughs> and I, you know, we're, we're about to run on time here. But I, I know that for some of you, this is a really different way to think or a different way to approach church. And I know that it can... It can be comforting to be in an environment where oh, I know that my pastor agrees with me. I, I know that I'm in a place where largely people agree with me. And I, I understand there's, there's comfort in that. But, you know, I think you only need to look at the Internet for about five minutes to see lots of places where people have gathered around agreement. And what happens is they, they, they get stale. They get static. They become monolithic in, in thinking, in belief and understanding. And it, and it quickly becomes unhealthy. And, and again, it's not even true to the kind of people that Jesus brought around himself. When you look at the disciples, there's such a different type of experience. There's fishermen, tax collectors, just all these different kind of people. People were frequently offended. Pharisees in particular were offended by the kind of people that were hanging around Jesus. It's, it's because it's messy. It's because it's not you have to look this way exactly because it's not about the, the rightness. Yeah. It's about the relationship. Yeah. That what, what, what connects us is our relationship to each other and our mutual relationship to, to Jesus, along with our individual relationship to him. And again, that is, that is less 
it's funny. It feels less secure. It feels less solid. The weird reality is, is it's way more secure. It's way more deep and it's, it's way more lasting and it can weather storms totally. way better. You know, I, not to get to a whole big thing right at the end here, but th there's a reason that the church has been so divided and so factionalized and so meant there's so many denominations because when you gather around what you believe or what, 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 what your idea of truth is and agreeing upon that, that will change, that will adapt, that will shift. And, so, and as soon as we don't agree, it, it just can't sustain. And this is why Thanksgiving still happens, even if you fight with your family every time. It's because you have a connection that's deeper than your agreement. And um, that's, that's something we can build on. And with honor, with love, with respect, with humility, we can actually not only uh, uh, influence each other, share, our, share the pieces of, of God's kingdom of, of truth, all, all these revelations that we carry with one another, but we can grow ourselves and grow our environment. And so yeah. it's a real exciting thing. Any other closing thoughts, Dan Weber? Yeah, I mean, this is the key to being able to see the city changed. I mean, this is the key to be able to see culture in our, in our environment, you know, uh, begin to look more like the kingdom of heaven because we're, we're becoming more like the kingdom of heaven. It's, you know, Bill Johnson will say, transform people, transform culture. Yeah. We can't do that on principles alone. Like we, 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 we need this environment, this culture inside of us and, and the result of us functioning differently in a world that functions different than that is very much the influence that we begin to uh, uh, shine a light on and say, hey, this is what's available because it's, it's different. It's different than the, the rest of the world functions and the rest, not just the church, but the rest of the world. Yeah. So it's, it's beautiful. I, 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 I love it. I can't, wouldn't want to see it any other way. Yeah. Yeah. So well, wherever you're at right now, we just bless you guys and we just release the, just the grace to carry humility, to carry honor and to, to learn what it looks like to, because uh, it is a learning experience that never stops. To, to learn what it looks like to be bound together by relationship, by love, by, by, by family. And yeah, we just, I just release peace on every single one of us, peace in our households, and the freedom to have strong opinions, to have strong ideas, to have strong convictions, but show up with love, show up with honor, and, and show up with, uh, as part of a family. Yeah, so we just uh, bless uh, everything that's been just released this morning. And, uh, and we just do also pray for anybody in our, in our environment and, and anywhere, if you're listening to this on, uh, you know, from outside of uh, uh, our little space in Atlanta, uh, we just pray for anybody uh, that's just dealing with, you know, COVID, dealing with um, uh, the uh, quarantining. Uh, we just pray for anybody and their health. We just release grace, peace, and healing. And, uh, and we just do continue to contend for a ban to the virus, that it just continues to lose its teeth uh, as time goes on. And, and uh, we pray for complete healing and restoration for anybody that's dealing with it currently, uh, that there's no lasting effects, there's no long effects, and uh, just a speedy recovery. And we pray for peace over this families as they're navigating uh, this, this, uh, this hard season. So, yeah, we just love you guys. We love you guys so much. And I'm uh, so excited about uh, what the Lord's doing in our environment with our just just in terms of the mandate for leadership, in terms of building a building and uh, just where we're growing. Uh, it's I don't know that we can even see the end of, the, of, of it yet, 
But uh, we're so excited about what the Lord's doing and so grateful that all of you guys are on this journey with us and, and, uh, and are, are, are running alongside of us. So yeah, It's yeah. going to be beautiful. All right, so uh, we'll be back in person next week. So you're welcome to join us in the in the tent or continue. We'll be streaming uh, as well. So you can join us online if that's your preferred method. And um, also, any other quick announcements? I think that was it. I think that's just the main announcement. Yeah. Yes, next week that. Um, also, we're going to have our offering now. I'm going to put it at the end because yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. We're at the end. <laughs> so we're going to have all the ways to give kind of pop up on a little slide here. We really appreciate that. And again, we're, we thank you guys so much. And we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.